What's up? Welcome to the Get Optimized Podcast. I'm Chris Overlay, your host, and this is a show all about helping you grow your craft beverage business. How cool is that? Now, today, we're going to talk about loyalty programs, and this is actually a topic I see pop up pretty frequently in online forums and Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff, and with good reason, I think, because there is seemingly a ton of potential value to be leveraged with a loyalty program, but unlocking that value can be sort of tricky, right? Enter today's guest, Jackson Boyer. He is an expert on marketing and tech and, in fact, loyalty programs. He actually launched a company that is a sort of hybrid loyalty program slash text message marketing slash e-commerce service that has a portfolio filled with breweries, coffee shops, and other local businesses. And hopefully you're seeing why this was a great person to have on the show to talk about this topic uh, because I wanted to pick his brain. Hey, what's working out there? What are you seeing work in the loyalty program space? Can you give us some insight? Now, I'm going to get you into the episode here in just a moment, but I have to remind you, if you enjoy this episode, please share it. And if you'd like to learn more about Jackson or his company, Buddy Text, check the show notes for details and links. All right, I'm going to get you into the interview with Jackson. Thanks and enjoy. Jackson, what's up, dude? How are you, man? Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, dude. I'm doing good. Uh, it's nice weather here in Vegas. The uh, Rebels are doing well here in town. Um, I'm a Bronco fan as well, and they suck right now, so that's bad. But overall, life is good, man. How about you? Doing well. So my team is actually USC, and we're undefeated as well. So Southern California might be coming back after a long hiatus. It's uh, been a long time, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, everything else is going great. Excellent, man. Um, right on. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because this is a topic that I field questions for. I think a lot of our audience does have questions related to this. And I just think it's so useful and impactful that it'd be fun to unpack with uh, an expert like yourself. And we're talking about a loyalty program. So I'm I'm pumped to talk to you about this, man. Great. Yeah. So I think, first of all, I think I should start by saying it's never been a better time to be a brewery, a craft beer brand, or a small brand. Customers are more willing to try new products. Um, It's just really, how can we get those customers to keep buying from you and really build a sustainable and scalable business for these brands? Yeah, exactly. And that's really, I'm, I'm glad you opened it up that way because I wanted to start with like, why do we even care about loyalty programs? Are they valuable? Why are they valuable? Why do they work? And uh, let's start there with with like, why do we even care about this? So yeah, so it's amazing if people come in and try your beer once, but if they try it once and never come back, and then they're, you know, buying a different beer at the grocery store or another uh, bottle shop or something like that, then it's going to be very hard to keep growing those sales. Um, so a loyalty club is kind of an entryway to get customers to kind of get either on a subscription or a non-committed subscription and keep that revenue just coming in um, again and again, rather than just one-off buys and trying to market and you know run more ads. Yeah, I was reading some stats ahead of this conversation about like you know why this stuff is valuable and 
you know, it varies the percentages depending on the article you read, but the general consensus is that it's cheaper to drive sales from your existing customers than new customers. Like customer acquisition from ads or whatever is expensive. It costs you a lot to bring that person in the door the first time, but to get them coming back, it's actually way more cost-effective, which is... Exactly. So I think, I mean, if we were having this conversation even three years ago, it would be a different conversation because Facebook ads were more effective. 10 years ago, it was incredibly effective. You could spend, for every dollar you were spending with Facebook, you were getting $20. Now everyone is running ads, so competition is stiffer. And in the pandemic, every single small business is having to find out how do I sell online? Um, so it's just driven the cost of ads way, way up. And you already have your current customer base. Let's just try to figure out how to get them to buy once more, as opposed to doubling your customer base. It's so much easier. They already know your brand. They've clearly liked it. And now we just need to get them back in the door. Essentially. That's a powerful statement right there, man. Uh, if you get your customers to buy one more thing, if you get everybody to buy twice, that's essentially doubling your customer base. And if you compare the costs and the efforts to doing that, substantially cheaper to uh, get folks to buy one more time. Exactly. I think, yeah, it's been a real paradigm shift because of the digital ads. It's just gotten so much more expensive um, and yeah. I don't know if your your listeners know, but there was an iOS update for privacy um, and it's really destabilized the entire ad industry across the board. Um, so, you know, Apple's taking into account privacy and customers don't want to be tracked like they used to. So Facebook, Instagram, Google has been, really been handcuffed. Um, so we really need to get in front of the customers um, cost effectively as possible and then really retain those customers is really the new goal for every single brand. Yeah, another really great point too. You know, it is more expensive. We run ads all the time and I think ads hold a certain position and you have to run them for certain reasons. But if you think about the the data that you're collecting from those ads, like you don't own it if it's on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, those platforms own it. And I'm talking about your following, your your people that have converted or, or come to your website, that data is inaccessible to you if, if that platform were to go away or if your account gets hacked or something like that, it's gone. But having a contact list that is yours, whether it be email or text, and that flows through a more, you know, think about where that goes as a loyalty program. And that's owned by you. You know, now yeah. Facebook could go away. Zuckerberg could decide to just close doors tomorrow and you're not left out in the cold because you have this, this contact list. So extremely valuable to own that data. Um, I think this kind of brings up a good question too. It's like, well, if I'm going to do a loyalty program or some kind of contact system, email, phone numbers, text, newsletters, what's like the difference? What should you use? And, and how would you answer that question? Yep. So I think you kind of hit it the nail on the head is it's really about your owned audience. I think when people hear the word data, everyone gets kind of nervous, like, oh, this is computer science. I don't fully understand it. 
But what that really means is phone numbers, emails, and a social media following. So if you're not focusing on those three things, then you have to pay a third party like Google, Facebook, Instagram to use their data. Um, so I would encourage if everyone has not already started collecting phone numbers, collecting emails, and building a social media following, um, it's just going to be so much cheaper. It's free to post a social media story. It's you know free or relatively inexpensive to do uh, an email. It's very, very cheap. And text message is also cheap in comparison to, you know, running these ad campaigns, um, which is more expensive and it's just not converting like it used to. So I would recommend just focusing on those three things, which is going to be build up your social media, build an email list, a newsletter, something. And then the phone number list has really kind of emerged as, as being very effective as well. Um, so those three. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope, you're good. So that's it. I was going to say on that note, how do you do? You have any thoughts or, or suggestions on how to get those emails and phone numbers uh, initially? And a lot of people don't have a list, or they have a small list. And it's like, well, they feel awkward about asking. Like, what's the best method? I don't want to be sleazy and get people's contact information, but I want to have that value. I mean, with what you've seen or, or advice that you have on getting contacts. So I think, yes, if I came up to a stranger and asked for their phone number and their email address, there's going to be a huge hesitation. Everyone knows it's kind of happening marketing. So we want to do some sort of incentive. So what we've seen being most effective for breweries is events. So, hey, we're trying to get a headcount. Let us know. Um, we'll let you know when or we'll email you your ticket um, or we'll text you your ticket, um, things like that. So if you hold a trivia night, hey, we're just trying to get a headcount, make sure you register, um, things like that, where the customer is signing up for something, they're willing to give you the phone number, and we are building that database as well. Um, it's just going to be very, very helpful. So that will be the first thing. And then anyone that's selling anything online at checkout, customers give up their phone number and uh, email. So make sure both are required at checkout. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last thing is if you do want to offer a discount or a giveaway or something of that sort, that has been very effective for brands to build up these lists as well. The incentive to uh, get that. I've seen this work in other scenarios, you know, uh, done a lot of work with restaurants and offering the free dessert for the Yelp review or the email opt-in is effective you know it's it's kind of sounds like oh man everyone nobody's going to do that they know the game it's like no people want the freaking hurt and they want the little incentive all they need is a nudge to, to get there and i imagine you agree with that as well exactly yep but uh yeah just making sure that there's a reason that they're signing up um i think the idea of like 10 percent off like the pop-ups that's bombarded on all e-commerce websites um mm -hmm. that has definitely worn off um, but I think that if you do a trivia night or some sort of event with a registration, um, we probably would recommend that the most if you're not selling online. Otherwise, online checkout is by far the best way to kind of build up your list. Yeah, right during the checkout process. So getting people opt in is one hurdle, you know, and if you can get those folks there, you want to keep them there and keep delivering value. What makes for a good loyalty program? What makes for good value, uh, you know, and keeping people engaged? So that answer I would say is exclusivity. So everyone likes to have the inside track. Everyone likes to have the new beer release. They want to be first in line. Um, but that said, we do not want to spam people. So if 
I mean, everyone receives uh, way too many emails. Um, so especially, uh, we just want to make sure that we're going to bring value. So new flavor releases typically work very well. And then discounts. So if we do have built up inventory and we want to liquidate, let's offer that to our loyalty members or our club or our VIP list first and let them have the best rates and then maybe make a broader announcement on social media or something like that. But there needs to be some sort of reason. Why am I signed up for this email list? Why am I signed up for the text list? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just getting the general newsletter stuff that's being sent out once a month. I don't know why I keep getting spammed with this stuff. So we want to make sure we're bringing value and uh, offering some sort of incentive. I love that you said that too, that it it should be something different than the normal feed. And I think there's some value in keeping people informed, but like there's a difference between someone casually paying attention, maybe keeping you in their inbox and engaging and taking action on that information that's coming from there. And I think that's what you're touching on here is that the exclusivity piece of this, so you can't really get this somewhere else, either whether it be a discount or, hey, a new release to you first. So you're getting first dibs on this piece before it hits the main feeds that is going to get someone to pay attention and be kind of like, you know, double taking when they see that in their inbox or in their, in their text message feed. Right. Especially. And I think contrary to popular belief, the more informal, the shorter you can be, the more personable you can be. Customers resonate with that. If you're very well templated, beautiful email, uh, you know, well thought out text, it just feels very commercialized. So the more intimate, the more connection you can have with your individual customers, uh, I think the better personality of yeah. that through. Exactly. Yes. No one wants to hear from another giant corporate fortune 500 brewery. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be as polished as you think. Uh, that's Hello, parentheses, first name. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, I know this question is going to um, come up as well. And, you know, I get asked it and it's the hard one, I think for, uh, and the most valuable one is like, how do you measure the value of this program? So if you're going to sign up for a loyalty program, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, email or whatever through Square or any other program or, or your program, how do you measure the effectiveness of that do- with dollars and cents? You know, at the end of the day, should I be spending money on this? Is it working for me? Yep. So yes, return on investment is is probably paramount for every business owner. So I would look at it pure from a dollar point of view. Uh, the way you can do that with emails is you can do a unique URL where you're tracking who's using that link and we can start measuring, okay, we sent out 10,000 texts and this generated 100,000 in revenue. Um, you know, We can easily measure that and uh, understand if it's performing well or not. Um, but that said, the big secret in the industry of marketing uh, is click-through rates, likes, engagement, um, all fairly soft metrics. So uh, do not be persuaded possibly by like a click-through rate percentage or some sort of attribution. Really try to look at it from, this is how much I spent on marketing. This is how much dollars came in the door. Um, it's it's You just got to kind of cut through the nice. Likes, engagement, uh, you know, uh, click-through rates, all great metrics to, to measure performance and see how you're tracking. But at the end of the day, that's not what's keeping the lights on. It needs to be driving sales, dollars and cents. No, you're absolutely right. And you know those metrics are really great for up-channel activities. Like, am I achieving brand awareness? Are people starting to like and trust my brand? But am I making money is the real next piece of it. And 
getting, you know, a system that allows you to track that stuff um, is essential. And I think of things like integrations or, you know, direct sales coming from these programs. That's what they're designed for. This is not like, you're not going to raise a bunch of awareness with your loyalty program. You're really trying to drive action with this thing and your metrics have to be keyed in on that, um, which actually is a great transition to what, what you do and what Buddy Text does because you guys are connecting direct to sales. So tell us like about how you're solving some of these problems and you know about Buddy Text. Yep. So at a high level, we process the transaction directly in the text message. Um, so in simpler terms, if a brewery sends out a new beer release, all the customer will have to do is reply yes to buy it rather than going to the website, going through checkout kind of again and again. So our goal is kind of two. Text message has the highest open rate. Um, so it's an, everyone opens every single text message. It's a 99% open rate. Uh, email has about a 20% open rate. So we know we're going to get in front of those customers. And then it's really about making it so easy for your customers to buy that the impulse buy kind of takes over and they can keep buying from you again and again. So at a high level, we, we send out a text, they just reply to buy um, and it's a two second purchase process. So I want to back up a couple of steps and kind of explain what we're, we're talking about here. So what, what Buddy Text is, and, and you can correct me if I miss this because you know better than I do, but I am familiar with the program is you're talking about a, a loyalty club type system where somebody opts in with their phone number, they sign up, they sign up to receive texts, and then your brewery or your restaurant or whatever is sending out a text message with a product and says, hey, do you want this? reply yes or no. And when they reply, yes, they order. And, you know, actually they don't need to reply if they don't want it. Right. But that's the idea is that it's kind of like a text e-commerce loyalty hybrid thing. Right. Exactly. So we found is subscriptions. Um, it's amazing. If you're a business owner with subscriptions, that's the golden ticket because they're paying you every month. Uh, but customers don't love having subscriptions because they have a phone bill, they have their insurance, they have these reoccurring purchases. Um, and I don't know if they're going to sign up for two or three breweries reoccurring purchases. What they are willing to do is give up their phone number, see an offer. If they want it that week, they can just reply to buy. If they don't, they can ignore it and keep going on with their day. Um, so we view it as maybe a subscription light uh, where, hey, I'll be willing to give up my phone number. I'm not going to put my credit card on file and get sent product every month or have this sign up or a, uh, just kind of reoccurring charge on my credit card. Um, yeah. I will get a text message and, and see what I want and don't what I want. Right on, right on. I love that piece of it too, is that it's like, you know, I'll, I'll decide if I want this one or not. Like I, I've been part of a couple subscriptions and they'll send out a, uh, a new thing. And it's like, well, I didn't really want that one, you know, or the scent of the month club or whatever it is. It's like, well, you know, and then that's how you get those opt outs and uh, you know, kind of a bad, it's not good for branding. You lose a little bit of the appeal. Are you going to get the referral after that? But if it's a opt in system and all you're doing is offering up a text message or all you need to do is offer up your phone number to get the text. Okay. And then now you're talking about exclusivity. You're sending out cool offers. You're adjusting your messaging, adding your personality in there. It's a, a very interesting kind of system and you guys are seeing success with this. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the big thing that we found is, you know, if I'm on vacation one week, I don't buy it where a subscription that flows keeps coming. Um, so when we give the customer, you know, a control one, they control what they're getting and when, and then two, making it incredibly easy to buy. We're just seeing the, the conversion rate kind of go through the roof. So right now we're outperforming kind of website checkouts uh, by 10 to 15% across brands. Um, and I mean, everyone has gone through it. You get excited about a new product. You go to the website, you have to find the product, you add it to your cart, you start putting in all your information and then your phone rings or you have to go somewhere else and, oh, okay, I'll do this later kind of thing. We need to reduce that friction. So whenever we can make it easier for the customer to purchase, that's really our goal. Um, and that's why we're seeing this higher conversion. Excellent. Excellent. And with breweries too, and you guys are working, it's one of the reasons why I was excited for you to be on this podcast is because you're doing this in the industry right now and, and winning for folks. Yeah. Exactly. I think breweries and wineries, they have to create this cult following of their core customer base that is buying from them again and again, um, because then you can start focusing on running ads, building up your, your core customer base. But we really need to take care of our core customers, um, especially um, as you're getting going and starting to grow bigger and bigger. Um, I think that is going to be a, a huge tool for, for these uh, growing breweries. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm sure people are going to have questions about, hey, I want to learn more about Buddy Text and see what this is all about. Where do they go? How does someone get in contact with you or with your company? Yep. So we are on all the social media. So we are reply to buy on Instagram. Um, but if you want to email me directly, it's Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N at Buddy Text texts.com. Um, so that's my email. I'm sure uh, Chris will be able to provide it to you as well if anyone has any questions. Um, and then also as a added benefit, just mention that you heard the podcast and we'll be happy to kind of give you a free trial, show you what we can do. And uh, we'd really like to prove it before we uh, you start paying us. So we understand, you know, you have to be a subscriber as well. So we want to walk before we run. Love it. Put your money where your mouth is. You're like, we'll prove it to you in month one and uh, show you what it's all about. Love that. I will definitely add the links and the email and all that stuff in the show notes. Um, So I want to kind of wrap up with with some easy stuff, some fun stuff, man. Um, Are you a craft beer guy? You enjoy uh, drinking craft beer? Uh, I do. Yeah. Not as much. Yeah. I've done wine and craft beer. Um, but, uh, yeah, traditionally a cocktail guy, to be honest. Uh, All right. right. Well, the question is like, that will have a mixed opinion with your audience, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, I like craft beer as well. I was going to ask like, what do you, what's your go-to, uh, craft beer type variety or whatnot, or cocktail, man, we'll open it up. We'll do the cocktail version. What are you (laughs) reaching for on a, on a Friday night or, 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 or whatnot? Yep. So there's Map Brewery. Um, they're a Bozeman brewery. Uh, they have a great IPA. Um, so that's probably my my favorite craft beer. Um, and then a cocktail, I can do anything, um, but probably just a nice margarita. I'm a Southern California guy, so I got to be true to my roots. Margs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're whiskey folks in our house, man. My uh, fiance awesome. and I, we, we have the old fashioned. In fact, we're getting married in a month and uh, our, our cocktail of the night is an old fashioned. So that's, a, Congrats. that's awesome. 
Yeah, thanks, man. All right, dude. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've answered or I've asked all the questions that I wanted to to get through. Do you have any uh, final thoughts or or things you want to say before we uh, we get you back to your day? So my final thought was, like any business, you just need to get your customers buying again. Um, really take care of your core customer base and look at it more of a long game. Uh, craft beer, it is the easiest time to be a craft beer brand, but there's never been more competition. Um, so it's really going to be about, you know, how do you help your current customers um, rather than let's try to get as much money up front from them as possible. And then maybe they go somewhere else. Um, so if you kind of extend your horizon, how can I keep these customers buying from me again and again, uh, really needs to be the goal. So really take care of your current customer base. And like I said, it's never been a t- better time. There's huge opportunity in the space. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of winners. Um, not the days of you know Coors Light and uh, the, the Bud Light, the mega brands taking over beer are definitely over. It's a great time to be a small brand. Nice. Very, very excellent thoughts. Again, thank you so much for your time, Jackson. I will, uh, I will chat with you later, man. Hopefully we can do this again. Awesome. Thank you, Chris.